Spoken Word, half an hour of poetry and performance, your connection to Melbourne's grassroots poetry scene, the voice of those of us who have nothing but our voices. The Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. My name is Brendan Bonsack. 3CR broadcasts from Wondery Land, the Kulin Nation. We pay our respects to elders past, present and into the future. In today's show we play audio from Girls on Key, the monthly spoken word gig held at Open Studio in Northcote. We recorded this on the 3rd of February, their first live gig since the first COVID lockdown, so a real treat. Girls on Key featured the 2020 Australian Poetry Slam winner, Ren Alessandra, and was totally booked out. So, for those of you who missed out or just want to hear her voice again, we present Ren Alessandra at Open Studio. I was raised on the magic of fiction. This imagination praised by princes on horseback, kissing me the life I rode black beauty onto Wuthering Heights, Austin, the first time I realized that stories challenge life. But this reality of ours has its own narrative of our culture and our time. Mine is intersectional. It seems I am reclaiming titles of this moment. Wog, queer, bitch. My stories live in their castle, its walls built for me, not for me, but by dark magic of our time. You see, walls need frames first. They are built without our consent, and in my coming of age, I am beginning to resent them. The mold in their crevices, the rust in their beams. It seems I am rewriting my character arc of woe man to woman, fear male to female. We, women, are birthing a new kind of classic literature. Listen. To the queens who defy the castles they were born in. Defy their body shame narrative, the fat means ugly narrative, the where's your boyfriend narrative that has been given to us. All of these stories on which we were raised are only frameworks of expectation. Unpaid labor, shave your legs, bow down, be quiet, it's pushed upon us. This time, I acknowledge that my narrative is only a story. They are only ideas made up of parts that complete some kind of whole. We all see our lives in chapters. Past versions detached from our present without acknowledging their presence in our present, they curse us. Our stories, her stories, they are us. And we are burning down these castle walls, feeding beauty to our flaws. Every ember sparked from friction, teaching narrative feeds addiction, so be careful of our magic. Watch our stories be rewritten, wait for the day we're called the classic. For our girls raised on the magic of fiction. It is really special that I'm here tonight. I didn't say anything about when you were talking about, did you read at Girls on Key last time? Because I did, and, um, and it was my first time ever on that spoken mic, and today is the exact two-year anniversary of that day. <laughs> Thank you. And when you messaged me asking me to feature, I was like, oh my God, is this a signpost that I'm going in the right direction? It felt very, it felt very poetic, for lack of a better word. Um, so yeah, so thank you so much for asking me to be here today. Today I want to share with you all 
a lot of new stuff. And um, from my upcoming collection, um, <laughs> it's actually a real thing. <laughs> oh, that feels so wonderful to say and so affirming. Um, I want to just make a quick note. Um, if there's anybody in the room who has never read at a spoken word event before um, and is feeling tentative, please know that it changes your life when you're up here. Um, and I speak from experience. And so I just want to stand testament to that and just share that love to the room. So let's see what I have for you today. So the first piece that I want to share with you is from a residency that I did recently with um, a beautiful community called the Weekly Service. And I have to, <laughs> hello darling, I have to, um, I have to thank Owale for that because he put my name forward for this residency and they selected me to be their bard for the season, which was a deep honour. And I got to share my art and create art for a community of wonderful people, um, one of whom is in the room right now. And um, two of whom, a few of whom are here today. Um, and it was very affirming to be supported in my art this way and to, to feel like I was contributing to a community. Um, and as an artist and as a woman, it's such a wonderful feeling. And so I'd like to share a piece from that, from that collection with you. Um, it's called To My Perfectionist. I've been in love with my perfectionist. A relationship that seems ideal, focused on the ideal, all I deal with is our paralysis. I sit here late on a weeknight, fumbling over which words to write to be sure that what I say represents me wholly, as if it is only my words that make me whole. Outside of this verse, I am a bumbling mess, tangled together with nonsense and mixed messages about who I once was, who I am, and who I'm going to be. And it's taken me this long in the story of this life to use the knife of perspective to cut me free. My perfectionist sits beside me, swells in my fingertips and my muscle memory to be sure that every error is corrected before it breathes, as if the misplaced R or the triple E is too messy for these eyes to see, as if they make me question about what it is about me that's worthy. But I hear these thoughts witnessing how they infect my day and my creation. My perfectionist dares to tell me I'm an abomination, the worst lover they've ever had, and for years, I've believed that. I hid behind fear and self-loathing, the adolescent craving love in me, starving and hoping that I would find it outside of this self, that I would find it in art I hadn't yet taught to serve me. I swam through the white sheet sea, grasping at all the possibilities that I daydreamed, wondering, when will love come to me? My perfectionist taught me to compare our love to others, to their success, to their happiness, as if the pedestals I carved for them were made of stone. I sunk deeper into the dark of this mind, scared and aching, alone. There was a tidal wave of energy that burst from this skin after years, so many years of holding it in, I couldn't wait anymore. In the sea of my truth, swimming in history, I found a newfound intention washed me ashore. In my vulnerability, I learned I wasn't scared anymore. I started showing up. I began to tell my reflection how wonderful she is, I dared to do it out loud and felt so weird to compliment this reflection that's always been there. But has she ever been loved? My reflection is flawed deeply, scarred, cellulite, to many it's not pretty, but I started telling me that I am. I started showing up for me as I am. I started leaving red lines and drafts that I write, pushing through resistance to let them quiver. Trying to delete your mistakes before you make them is like breathing your next breath before the first one is done. Let it breathe. 
let it bleed. I gave myself permission to bleed. Something shifts in you when you decide to. Whatever it is, it changes. Do you know that your thoughts are things, products of the places you've been inside your mind? I decided to change mine about myself. I started to treat my art with the kindness that I know I deserve. Let my perfectionist witness these twists and turns and I'm still working on it. I still feel resistance to love it all, to be kind to it all. But it is in the nurturing of these words and the patience with my craft that I found the love I've been searching for, the one I've been writing about all along. And now I finally see the question I should be asking is, how did I live this long without me? This next one I read for the first time last night, um, and it's about a relationship that's recently ended. It's called Monday. Boys. If we were a movie, we'd be a film. Something indie and progressive, something sexy. A seemingly single shot, or a collection of mixed memories. It would be one of those weird films looks like it's shot over a single day. No narrative arc, no plot, just something that the artists thought was worth holding on to. It would be shot from the inside of the bubble we've blown up in those candy-colored Polaroids, filtered in the shades of the light that bounce off your peony wallpaper, those pink walls, like nostalgia in the making. The soundtrack is a collection of playlists we have on repeat, the ones with Amy Winehouse and those weird songs you like. I like them now too, because of you. The one that captures the essence though, the one that people would say is from that movie, is the one that you played for me to make me smile. The one that you played for when we pulled away from our heat and you said, there's only one song for this. If we were a movie, I'd want to live it. I'd hold the blanket close to my face as the scenes played before me an ache for that, for this, for this exact kind of thing to exist. I'd long for the salted pretzel of our bodies, for the synchronous making out, for the riotous laughter that erupts from our cores, for the way that we stare at each other, each time daring to look a little longer than before. I'd pause it, click rewind and hit pause again, watch the flashes of skin again and pause it. I'd play it late at night with my headphones in, hands resting, pressing hot between my legs. I'd watch us over and over until the week is done and I don't feel so needy that I can call you again and say, I'm ready for the sequel. If we were a movie, I'd Google it. It would be called Monday. I would read reviews about how the story adds to the conversation of modern relationships, how it's a new age romance on non-monogamy, on how young people want to get lost in someone and know they're not going to get lost. How this movie is a hot minute inside the lives of singles in their late 20s, still on the bender of figuring it out. I'd find fan pages and follow them all. I'd look us up in images, wonder if we've started anything else together, read articles about symbolism the writers plotted for deep readers to find, like lyrics playing in the background when a thought crossed my mind, or things you don't realize you said that characterize the themes, or stills of cinematography that capture us intimately. Capture us on the angles that the other always whispers is beautiful. 
Maybe scenes I've memorised, quotes written in my phone. They inspire poems, you know, because there are things that you say that I always thought that must be scripted. And I'd ask you, do you remember that bit? And you would laugh and say, yeah, it went something like this. Oh boy, if we were a movie. For years, our government has subjected people seeking asylum to torturous conditions. The Minister for Home Affairs was supposed to care for them, but instead they suffered enormous physical and psychological harm. Now, those refugees are fighting for accountability and justice. On their behalf, the National Justice Project is taking legal action against the government for negligence and for breaching their duty of care. To support asylum seekers in their fight for justice against the Minister for Home Affairs, please donate at justice.org.au. The National Justice Project is a 3CR supporter. This is the Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio. I am Brendan Bonsack. We are listening to a live performance from Ren Alessandra, recorded on the 3rd of February at Open Studio. This is a companion piece, and uh, you'll understand why. (laughs) Years from now, you'll wake up in a bed of a woman you hardly remember touching. Her name will escape you, if only for a moment, and you'll hate yourself because it won't be the first time, something like the seventh this month, enough to count, but not enough to call an old habit, but it will be, it already is. And the hangover will swim around your head, duck, duck, goose in a halo, the room will disco dance around you and you'll lean back into her bedhead, hoping you don't wake her, looking for your pants and for a moment, you'll hate yourself. But once again, you've woken with a lover of no love, remembered, you've let go, pushed away, belt hole punched, potential love, then you will think of me. My face will flash before you somewhere in that disco spin and you'll remember how I would sleep on the side of the bed where you are now and you'll wonder where I am. I'll be somewhere, writing poems about someone else, making money from my art about someone else, someone who accepts this love, hands reaching, not asking or needing, but grateful for more with me. For them, there is always more and you will wonder if I think about you anymore. Not anymore. Not anymore. So this is a piece from my upcoming collection, like I said, um, and I was recently working on it today with my beautiful friend Adam, so thank you so much for your support always. Um, This piece is called Emotional Baggage. It is a page poem, whatever that means, um, but I'm going to read it for you tonight, and um, I've never read it to anybody, so here we go. Emotional baggage. See that backpack in the corner? I carry it with me when I run to you, all of you. With it bouncing on my back, heavy feet through sand, I carry it. In hope that I will forget what's in there. Pretend it's not there. The baggage in the corner. Luggage tape twisted and ink faded from many hands. These hands have been everywhere. All over them, all over me, inside me the most. Pulling out parcels of time from the many secret pockets. From my baggage in the corner. When every breath is new, with a someone new, hang your coat over it. Dust, jacket, 
keep it clean, forget it's there. But maybe there's some kind of truth in asking why I choose to forget. Perhaps it is the knowing that there's a beauty in the carrying of this baggage from door to door, from scene to chapter, from bed to floor. Maybe there's a truth in knowing that I don't unpack it for all the hope of fresh art, inspiration and character of which it gives me daily. In the moments when I am centered, floating and smoking, hoping that something new will find me, buried between the rolled rags and mismatched socks, tangled in the wires of charges and toiletry tags or grains, the creativity genie will embody me and pull from my baggage a gem of my constructed narrative. So leave my baggage there. I beg you, my creative craves it. This one is also new. It's called Signposts of Growth, and it's a list poem. These are my signposts of growth. I dance naked in the mirror in broad daylight. I follow body-positive brands and unfollow bullshit that doesn't fill my feed with nourishment. It becomes delicious to have less, but a $60 laundry basket goes on my wish list. Alpha 60 silhouettes seduce me willingly into spending my hard-earned money on myself. Finding my aesthetic brings me adult joy I've only ever witnessed in women I fearfully admire. Reconciling with the truth that friendship is not like the movies. Trust the process becomes my mantra. Recognizing old habits creeping in social situations, honoring them, breathing through them, and living on. Working by candlelight with the window open while it rains seems to appeal to my fantasy creative. Lucid dreaming of someone new reminds me of the last one, but I roll my eyes at my expected, my expected romantic self and smile. Tripping up is expected, but less demonized than last year. <laughs> Chase me, color. My shadow sits alongside me, somewhat detached, as if observing the aches that have harbored here for so long. Neverland knows this shadow, a longing for something age-old as adolescence. These colors, so far out of reach, call my name. Spell it out in my wanderings, but I am wandering too far out. Herstories of rejection pepper my garden like headstones, graves dug with my fingertips, immortalizing the maybe, preserving their remains in scribbled lines of poetry and romantic self-narratives, I wonder through the names. Love span dates still stark and clear, fresh from the chisel, breathing pasts into my present as I read them. Wonder where it all went wrong, how so many maybes can be dead, their love so short-lived, I question their purpose. These maybe loves plague my city, follow me in expectations and wishful thinking, in thumb-jarring nights conforming to swipe, swipe right in hoping that this constant fight for something projected in these colors around me, hashtag no filter, Selfies with rings on customary ring fingers and I wonder if the black plague clothesline is a cosmic sign that the colors I'm chasing are just not my type. I dare to ask by shadow, but she looks away and sighs. I've been wishing on dandelions, reaching for the lost lashes in the wind. If I catch them, will love come to me? Is that how this works? It's been so long since I felt love on this skin. Real love that sees this skin, that wants what's beneath it. To be wanted so much you want to curl up in their chest and blossom inside their ribcage. I've been floating on an iridescent wave of maybe. 
this uncharted sea that seems to follow the same story of coercive insecurities that deeply haunt me in the shapes of my inadequacies, but I'm used to it. You know, I'm starting to think that love is a lie. It's a game people play with me and I'm a sideline. I'm a subplot to the main arc of their movie. I'm a stake in a remake of a maybe this time might be the last time, but it never is. I'm the extra of an omitted scene. The blurry face at the back of the room of the dream boat's wet dream, a notch on the belt, closing from no use, healing like forgotten wounds because leather is skin, after all. I'm ready for my future, he told me. Face to face, cups of tea between us, steam a smoke screen for first date jitters as I whispered. So am I. I drove home that day with the ghost of him on my lips, laughed at the thought, here's a tea I'd like to sip, but when you're forcing someone into your thoughts, they're not the one. When you don't care if they reply, they're not the one. I want you to know me, he told me, over the phone quietly, nightly, as let the weeks unfold, both of us knowing that we were simply hoping that the spark would come in time. But waiting drains energy. It's a drip feed into insanity. I don't have time anymore to be hunting for something I'm actually not ready for. And I realized this desire for love is a sign of an absence of it within myself. And so in a moment of fortitude, I faced up to my truth and finally told the boy goodbye. There's something else I have to do. What is it about life that sends us searching for ourselves? Myself. Why did I have to search to find her? Life. Is she a woman? Scarred by the expectations generations have pushed upon her, scarred by the lessons learned in the dark of the night, plight is synonymous with life. Is it not? Is it a man? Weighed down by the tears that have not been given permission to run. Rivers, life sources halted beneath the weight of this jail cell life. Is it not rattling around, rattling around inside the confines of his mind, life? Are they frightened to speak their truth? Tortured to speak their truth is threatening. Unveiling the constructions of absolute destruction. What have we done to life to send us searching for ourselves? Where do we go? Somewhere out there is the essence of our being that somehow in the days between got lost. And so we go hunting to find that self and bring it back as ours. You stomp those boots, slash down that forest, go without lanterns and search for yourself. This heart was not made for waiting. This heart was made for beating. These hearts made for beating blood back into your streams. Rivers, man, let them flow. Your scars, woman, bear them strong. Human, speak your truth on the edge of every moment when you are not quite sure if you can. And when you break down those doors and they ask you who you are, you say, I am. Thank you so much. This is the last poem that I have for you tonight. Thank you so much for having me. Um, this is my favorite poem that I wrote last year. I write poems to help myself, remind myself of the things I'm unlearning about my narrative, about my identity, um, and to reaffirm my journey. And this one really served me in a deep time of grief 
realizing that grief shows up in very strange ways. It is not only for losing a loved one, but losing a chapter of ourselves or moving on from, from a part of our lives that we didn't realize was ending. And I mourned, deeply mourned a chapter of my life and didn't recognize it until I was past it. Um, and this is about that. It's called The DeLorean. Thank you so much for having me. We grieve the passing of time, as if the chapters of our life have identities, summons, seasons, reasons, as if they are vagabonds wandering barefoot through our puddles of history, imprinting footprints in our map, marking places like dog-eared memories. We retrace the moments in our mind's eye 10,000 times. We cannot stop it. We do not want to. There is something about memory we feel we must hold on to as if its existence makes us more whole. We hold on to them, these parcels of time we carry in our pockets, harboring gemstones found in the wild. Treasures are subjective, but they shine brighter when shared. We replay the scene much like a story. All songs, sounds, all senses wrap the essence and encase it in a bulletproof shell. Incapable of destruction, worthy of exhibition, we mourn our past selves, whether painted in nostalgia or a bittersweet head shake made to all the thinking. And still we grieve. The good, the bad, the beautiful. This melancholic mantra of heartbreak stanzas that trickle out of fingertips, roll like honey off our tongue tips. We find some kind of comfort in being the broken record, knowing the skip and the beat is about to come. We've all been there. A good friend will say, get over it. The rest will think. But we all grieve the passing of time because these chapters have identities. They have held our hands and guided, misguided, relied on the moment to do something important that we don't realize until later. Projecting us into what was next, catapulting us into the then unknown. There are faces that fog the memory or stay in the darkness when we close our eyes and still we mourn them. For what could have been, what was, what now no longer is. And when we hear those songs, they spike history in our chest and sometimes we succumb. It might take seven stages for us to move on. We cling to memories like wisps on the wind. Hold on to the tale of the genie. If only sleep could replay those memories like a customized movie. Each slide exactly as we saw it. With all the senses. With just one. So when you hear a song that sends you like the DeLorean back, Go back. Listen to the lyrics as who you are now and honor who you were then. And know all stories are chapters. And like a good book, you can mourn them when they pass. But unlike a paperback novel, the moment was never made to last. Thank you. You've been listening to The Spoken Word Show on 3CR Community Radio, 855am or streaming from 3cr.org.au. We just heard a live performance from Ren Alessandra, recorded on the 3rd of February at Open Studio in Northgate. For more information on live or online gigs, visit www.melbournespokenword.com and tune in every week to this show at 9am on Thursday or download our podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash spoken word. My name is Brendan Bonsack. Thank you for listening.